Welcome to the 10-Minute Medic, the podcast for busy paramedic students. This podcast takes one medical subject and explores it for a maximum of 10 minutes. Here's your host, Dr. Bill Young. Welcome to the 10-Minute Medic, the podcast for busy paramedic students where we take a look at one EMS topic for a maximum of 10 minutes or less. I'm your host, Dr. Bill Young. As the temperatures begin to warm up and spring blooms around us, the onset of anaphylaxis from bee stings and insect bites will tend to increase. It's important to know that although related, allergic reactions and anaphylaxis are not the same disease processes. In this podcast, we'll take a look at the pathophysiology behind anaphylaxis as well as how it presents. For the most part, anaphylaxis occurs when an antigen is injected into the body or introduced by way of the GI system. When a person is first exposed to an antigen, there may be absolutely no reaction within the body. This initial interaction does produce antibodies that are present, but remain in an inactive state until the same antigen is reintroduced into the body a second or third time. This early exposure may actually have a protective mechanism. This initial response causes the body to secrete a large amount of an antibody known as IgE. IgE will bind specific receptors found on immune cells known as mast cells and basophils. These cells have a role in the inflammatory response that occurs early in an anaphylactic episode. With subsequent exposure, these cells undergo a process known as degranulation. Most histamine is produced by mast cells as well as basophils of the white blood cell system. At the time of this degranulation, they will release a large amount of histamine into the surrounding cells and tissues. Fun fact here, morphine has properties that can facilitate the release of histamine after being administered. The response depends upon the individual. It could be localized, thus being classified as an allergic reaction or system-wide, the classic presentation of anaphylaxis. Drug-induced anaphylaxis is fairly common with the rationale being that drugs injected into the body are rapidly absorbed into the central circulation and distributed widely throughout the body. The same thing holds true for when a patient sustains a bee sting. As a result of this allergen, the body begins to dump histamine as well as other chemicals that accompany the onset of anaphylaxis. For the most part, the body systems are primarily affected by anaphylaxis include the GI system, the skin, and the respiratory and cardiac systems. The primary cause of death in patients from anaphylaxis is a combination of respiratory failure and circulatory shock. The shock occurs from the release of histamine. Let's take a look at it more in detail. The mast cells of the body are the primary producers and releasers of histamine. This chemical causes the vasculature to dilate and become very permeable. The research shows that this vasodilation is probably caused by the nitric oxide which is released by the histamine. Nitric oxide's effect on the body is to cause vasodilation. It's how nitroglycerin works during an acute coronary syndrome incident. It's almost as if someone had taken an ice pick to a fire hose and began to put thousands of tiny holes in it. The result would be the leakage of this fluid in the form of plasma and its ensuing drop in blood pressure that ultimately results in circulatory collapse. The plasma leaks into the interstitial space. This causes preload to be reduced. Preload, as you recall, is the amount of blood delivered to the body to be made available for oxygenation. The end result of this is a decrease in stroke volume and cardiac output. In addition, this leaking of plasma in the interstitial space is what leads to angioedema. 
One good thing about the histamine release is that it is short-lived because particular enzymes found within plasma begin to break it down almost immediately. Bronchoconstrictors called leukotrienes result in narrowing of the bronchioles, resulting in wheezing and increased vascular permeability. The body will then produce them on a normal basis, which helps to maintain the homeostasis of constriction versus dilation of the bronchioles, but overproduction can result in a disease process such as asthma and those seen in anaphylaxis. The effects of leukotrienes is much longer than that of histamine. So, what does the onset and progression of anaphylaxis look like? Well, your patient will begin to present with signs and symptoms generally within 60 seconds of exposure to the allergen. Keep in mind that some patients may have a delayed reaction of up to an hour. Generally, the faster the onset of symptoms, the more severe the reaction. This would be one of those times when the old saying, speed kills, is often true. As in all patients, being able to rapidly and accurately assess your patient who is having an anaphylactic episode is imperative. One of the first signs that your patient will begin to exhibit is that of a sense of an impending doom. Much of this has to do with the hypotension caused by vascular permeability, as well as the reduction in the amount of oxygen that's being delivered to the brain cells. Be aware particularly of problems with the patient's airway, in particular the upper airway. These patients present with edema of the larynx, which may prevent your patient from being able to speak audibly or may cause them to speak with a hoarse-sounding voice. They'll often present as complaining of a scratchy or sore throat. If you do not address this, your patient may quickly begin to have symptoms of strider first, then followed by respiratory collapse. As the hypotension and hypoxia continue to worsen, your patient will often become restless and even combative because of a reduction in oxygenated blood flow to the brain. If the symptoms are not treated immediately, your patient will soon progress to unresponsiveness. Breath sounds will often be diminished or not heard at all. This is due to the severe and massive bronchoconstriction that accompanies anaphylaxis. One of the key markers in a patient with anaphylaxis are early changes in skin condition. Patients will often have a fine red rash that is spread over the body with special concentration near the point of injection. As histamine continues to be released, urticaria, also more commonly known as hives, begins to be displayed on the body. These hives are large red raised bumps that can look like multiple mosquito bites that can appear as well as disappear suddenly. Their forms can change from round to oval and increase or decrease in size and intensity, and they are usually itchy. Angioedema is caused by plasma leaking out of the vasculature because of histamine's effect on that system. Both the urticaria and the angioedema are caused by the release of histamine. Because of the increased motility of the gastrointestinal system, you may hear hyperactive bowel sounds when you listen there. This comes about because of an increase in the smooth muscle contraction of the gut. This is often accompanied with nausea, vomiting, and diarrhea. This only contributes to making the hypovolemic shock worse as well as presenting an airway issue for the unresponsive patient. Your primary goal when dealing with an anaphylactic patient is to protect the airway at all costs. Place the patient in a position that will facilitate breathing process as well as protecting the airway should he vomit. The first line drug that should be considered for your anaphylactic patient is epinephrine. Epi is classified as a sympathetic agonist, which means it will increase the heart rate, result in peripheral vasoconstriction, and improve the cardiac output. 
As it works to constrict the blood vessels, it will also help to stem the plasma that is leaking from the vasculature, leading to an increase in the patient's blood pressure. It's also effective for the reversal of the bronchoconstriction so common in these patients. Your dosing regimen for epinephrine is 0.1 to 0.3 of a 1 to 10,000 concentration solution of epi. This should be given IV. This translates into 3 to 5 milliliters of this 1 to 10,000 concentration. Diphenhydramine, more commonly called Benadryl, is more frequently administered in the allergic reaction or anaphylactic patient than any other drug. It is an H1 and H2 blocker that is effective at neutralizing the effects of histamine. The standard adult dose is to give 25 to 50 milligrams IV or IM. Keep in mind that when administering diphenhydramine, it is very painful. This pain can be lessened by administering it slowly. The primary side effect from its administration will be sleepiness on the part of your patient. Having a severe anaphylactic reaction is a very frightening experience for anyone. Remember to remain calm and compassionate with your patient. The side effects from the administration of epi and diphenhydramine can add to that fear. As you should with all your patients, be sure to tell them about these side effects so that when they do begin to exhibit them, their anxiety is lessened. Supporting the emotional status of these patients is as important as supporting their physical needs. Thanks for taking time to listen to this week's 10-Minute Medic. In next week's episode, we'll transition over to look at some of the issues behind patient consent and why this could be a particularly thorny issue for the paramedic. Thanks again for listening.